Ooh, wait, wait. No, no, no. Uh, no listen, no. I listen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I hate you for that. Uh, let me fix it. Welcome back to Let Me Fix It, the podcast where we take you on a trip down memory lane to rebrand some of pop culture's best and worst and repackage them for 2023. I'm Francesca Ramsey. I'm a TV writer. I'm an actress. And a long time ago, I was a graphic designer. I'm Delon Grant. I am a Broadway actor, a photographer, and one of your co-hosts. Today, we're talking about bad apologies. Do you find it hard to apologize, Fran? No, I think that I um, have gotten better at it over time. I do think it's difficult because it's hard for people to admit when they're wrong. Um, And I think a lot of times we, myself included, associate being wrong with like a personal failing. Like it means Mm. like you're not smart or it means you're bad or it means that you were intentionally being malicious and that's not the truth. So for me, I, I don't I don't feel like it's something I struggle with. What what about you? Yeah, I mean, similar to yourself, like I feel like sorry is every other word that comes out of my mouth. So no, I don't have a hard time apologizing. But I think that's just also because I grew up in the Midwest, where like you still, you, you know, you like bump somebody and you apologize. Like I'll be in the car and I'll like break too br- briefly, and like the person behind me, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, they can't hear you. You're in the car. Um, but. So I don't find it hard to apologize because I like I feel like it's a part of my nature. But I do feel like oftentimes it it becomes damage control versus like an actual legitimate um, reconciliation or like an amend trying to amend the thing that was happened that the hurt that was there. You know what I mean? Right. Like like in some ways it's not about the actual work it's just an obligation is is that what you mean i guess i mean like i'm just trying to get the discomfort out of the way right mm-hmm. so there was a hurt that happened and in order to get past that hump i'm saying i'm sorry because that's the thing you say to move on versus being like oh no let's actually like recognize the hurt that happened and then do something an action step to like amend or to mend the hurt that happened um But I think one of the big things we have to address before we get into like what our topic is with bad apologies is what you can't talk about a bad apology without talking about like the less sexy, mature, older sibling, a good apology. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I think is the formula we're setting up here. Like first acknowledging the harm that you did and then taking responsibility for the harm, not doing the if I hurt your feelings, because if like sorry if you were offended no the person is hurt the person is offended and not focusing on what your intentions were and then being upfront about what you're going to do to change the behavior to make amends and move forward so today's episode is all about these public apologies that we've seen from celebrities and brands in the past what worked what didn't work and of course how we would fix them so delon let's jump in This was one you talked about on social media that I thought was really interesting, right? Yes. So I wanted to bring up this as an example twofold. One part I don't think totally got it right, but then a part that did, surprisingly. So Marshall from Love is Blind apologized publicly for some colorist tweets. So a little backstory. Marshall Glaze is a 27-year-old castmate from the Netflix reality series Love is Blind, season four. And after the finale... People went digging and found some tweets that he made in 2014 when he was 18 years old. And you and I have talked about this before. How is it that you are famous and you have not cleaned up 
your Twitter. Listen, Francesca needs to help the world with this. She has a step-by-step. Here's the thing. This show was filmed a year ago. The production time for this show specifically is very long. So he knew that once the show came out, he was going to get an influx of followers on social media and people were going to start digging through his tweets. We've seen this happen a bajillion times. And frankly, Delon, I know you did not watch this season of Love is Blind, but I was not surprised that this man has some colorist tweets. First of all, he got green eyes. And you know a light-eyed <laughs> motherfucker. If there's one thing he gonna do, it's gonna talk about black women. Like, <laughs> I am on the ground. Not hate beginning hate like, over here. And, no. he, and like the girl that he was dating on the show was Latina. And then of course the tweets that came out were like, I want a Latina girlfriend. You know, Latina girls know how to treat a man and they're better oh than black girls. I mean, it was just this colorist bullshit. It was just like very derogatory. Oh, I see a group of sad black girls, you know, shaming black men. And, you know, I want black women to be better. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Black females to be better. Oh, That's how my you God. Know. So those were some of the tweets when they came out. Mm-hmm. His first apology was not great he said i'm seeing a lot of my old tweets resurface from years ago this happens to pretty much everyone who goes in the public eye it happened to my cousin sir who the fuck is your cousin and i knew it would happen to <laughs> and why me. do we care and why do we care <laughs> what like who is your cousin okay he says let's be clear I was a sad teenager with a lot of issues when I tweeted a lot of that. I've grown and I do not feel the same way. Anyone with anything to hide would have gone back and deleted it, but I left them up for a reason. Sir, I had a chance to go back and erase it. I elected not to. It's my progression as an individual, as a human. Those old tweets are just proof that I have evolved. I thank God for the opportunity to be damaged, seek clarity and forgiveness and develop into a better person. Delon, what do you think of this? Apology. Uh, I mean, listen, (laughs) I'm going to go back to my equation, right? Mm -hmm. Recognition. He recognized that he the wrong that he the wrong he recognized the wrong and it needs some action there um but this all these things start to feel like just damage control like pr damage Mm -hmm. control to your point about like you knew you were going to be in the public eye now that this stuff is surfacing now you're now you're going back and saying oh i was a teenager i will give him that like it's hard to be a gen xer or even a millennial growing up in the internet and like putting all of this stuff out there your brain's not developed fully until like you're like what 25 26 or something like that so the idea that you're an 18 year old putting some shit on the internet saying coming out the cuff and saying some crazy stuff is most of us have but you know you said clean it up to your point but so i have to give him a little bit of that he did do a follow-up yeah so i i will say i give him a little bit of credit for acknowledging it and not just pushing past it because as we all know anti-blackness will not hurt your career <laughs> say, say it loud um you can full <laughs> out come out and say the n-word and people will be like here's an oscar like they like the the industry does not care so i give him a little bit of credit but to your point i don't think being 18 is an excuse and i think that while it's true our brains are not fully developed to me it felt like he spent too much time on how young he was and how damaged he was instead of to your earlier point moving forward and showing us what he's done so he did follow this up 
with another tweet apology that says, I take full accountability for those tweets I sent years ago. I apologize. I pray for forgiveness so that we could all move forward as a unit in a world that is determined to divide us. But then he also included a video (laughs) and it was a slideshow of him with black women throughout his life. Like he gave us a PowerPoint. (laughs) Mm-mm. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. See, this is where you lost me with the United Colors of Benetton of like shades of brown woman, right? Like that's so cringe. It has the opposite effect to me. It actually says, "Oh, you've had all these black women in your life all of this time, and you've offended them, and now you're using them as fodder or as an example of why you're not, why you aren't suffering from internalized racism?" Question mark. Speak right? on it. You knew all these black women, and you still fixed your mouth to say that you want a Latina over a black woman and da 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 Again, we can all grow, we all make mistakes, but it does feel strange that he included all these photos. Did he get these women's permission? Like, what was the screening process (laughs) for essentially opening them up, right? Because now he's in the public eye. Those women are not famous. Those are like regular, Mm. regular ass people. And anybody with common sense knows that black women get harassment on the internet and people love to go digging to find people's information. Like, why would you put these women on blast that way to be like, look, that's real I know, talk though, I know a bunch of black women. Like, come, come it's on like, now. Like, it's not really weird. doxing, but it's like, it feels that in a weird way, right? It's like yeah. you're using, like the use of them feels weird. What is your fix for your friend Marshall? Oh God. I mean, look, <laughs> I, again, I do think this is a tough one because I do think that he tried. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of fell short, especially because he's like those tweets I spent years ago. It definitely feels like he is leaning on this thing of it's being it's old. I would say skip the video. And then my favorite thing is give us some money. <laughs> like, <laughs> always like, listen, always write a check. Always, always write a check. Always write a check. You know what I mean? Like, I used my platform, you know, in the past, I said these things about black women, and I realized that internalized blackness or uh, colorism is something that all of us unfortunately struggle with and black women are the focus of this and that is why i'm giving some money to black girls code yes. an organization that helps young black girls get into stem and opens doors for them in a world that often closes doors to them and i apologize for Girl, being a part of you that you better be up on the podium giving me mlk <laughs> vocals though she's out here preaching I, I couldn't i could not agree more y'all didn't see it but she had a hand going and she was in it and I was, I, we were all right there with you but that's that action step right I'm gonna harp yes. on this on my equation the whole the whole episode it's that action step you're talking about write a check and write a check toward benefiting black girls black women yeah. also I was one of my fixes was conversation you know for, for invite some of those women on the from the carousel that you posted Mm -hmm. and sit down on that love is blind reunion couch and have an actual conversation put yourself in the hot seat and have an actual conversation about the things that you said and see how these women respond Ooh, i love that i mean he could do it on his instagram he could do an instagram live with black women and he could say let's talk about you know why is this so pervasive and be honest i think that's the other thing that so Mm. many of these apologies are missing right i was a sad black man i was a sad teenager no 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 let's dig into that what was that actually about right Right. well 
my friends were saying shit about black women. I was in, internalizing messages that were telling me that black women are too aggressive and that they're ugly. And, and I was believing what was being told to me that if I had a light skin or a non-black partner, that I would advance in society, that I would be seen as more palatable, that I would right. be seen as safer, right? Like, let's actually talk about what influenced that and not just this like i was sad because guess what i've been sad a lot i've been sad many well times. listen that's what i was gonna say everybody was <laughs> tell me show me a teenager in in the, the all of the world that is not sad growing yeah. I, I don't wish teenager on my worst enemy everybody was fucking sad what are you talking about everybody so to your point talk, let's talk about the eternalized racism of it all right because that's where i see it i see like we all are dealing with the racism of it all Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Speaking of racism, <laughs> uh, one of our one of the things I really wanted to bring up was uh, a school vendor apologizes for serving fried chicken and waffles and watermelon on the first day of Black History Month. I mean, can we just oh, give a pause? Uh, just just a, like ridiculous. what in the world? So, food vendor. I think it's Aramark. Aramark mm-hmm. served middle school students in New York chicken and waffles with watermelon dessert on the first day of Black History Month. Here's their apology. While our menu was not intended as a cultural meal, okay, we acknowledge that the timing was inappropriate and our team should have been more thoughtful in its service. This is a mistake and does not represent the values of our company, and we are committed to doing better in the future. And also, let's go back in the timeline. This is not the first time for our mark, okay? <laughs> for MLK Day in 2011, students at the University of California were served a menu that read MLK Holiday Special Chicken and Waffles. So the <laughs> same meal on Martin Luther King Day. Um, and then in 2018, they served NYU students ribs, collard greens, and Kool-Aid during Black History Month. No. This is a pattern. <laughs> this is not an incident, sir. This is a pattern. And I think what is so baffling to me is that this is a prime example of the conservative push to remove black history from schools under mm. this guise of it being CRT is so helpful. Because how is it that a grown-ass adult says that they don't understand, nay, care about the racist implications behind fried chicken and watermelon. You cannot remove the meaning. Even if even if they're not able to 
articulate where those stereotypes came from, they know that they are associated with black people and they are not complimentary. Right. And it's, it's nuts to think, to think that nobody under, nobody in their organization at the top, nobody making the menu thought, oh, it's black history month, chicken and waffles, ribs and collard greens like that. It, that was planned. It wasn't something that was random. And listen, everyone likes chicken and waffles. I love chicken and waffles. I love. I love greens. chicken. Listen, Girl, but like, a just call a spade. Is, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love Fred, a, I love a love sweet, love sweet and a meat. <laughs> Don't give this girl a cupcake with some bacon on it. Okay. <laughs> she is done. No, actually, please give me a cupcake with some bacon on it. Give give it all to her. To your point, though, about you know nobody noticing this, I bet you there was a black woman at our mark that was like, "Don't do, don't mm, y'all, hello." Mm, actually, you know what? I'm gonna clock out because no one was listening to her. Wait, she was filing her nails. You know she told them too many times. Because <laughs> listen, 20, 2011, 2018, she said, "I'm leaving y'all alone in 2022." I done told y'all. I done told you. Mm- no, absolutely not. So, Delon, what did they decide to do in order to fix this very obviously racist blunder? Well, they said they were working in partnership with NIAC, which is the school district, um, going forward. So employees who work in the schools part- participate in training that aligns with NIAC school district's vision and commitment to equally driven work. Um, they said, we believe we will provide this will provide a good learning opportunity to deepen understanding on the impact of systemic biases uh, and uh, negative stereotypes concerning the African-American community. OK, lovely statement. Okay. I, I appreciate that. Fine. Um, Do you think and, that and that's d- enough? Do you listen? Do your DEI work. It is it is all the rage now. I don't know that it's moving dials, but I hope that people are listening. That's the cynic in me. Forgive, but this I'm going to go back to my equation. This is actionable, right? It's it's words. It's a lot of words right. <laughs> about actions. But what I want to I would love something that involves the community. So what mm-hmm. I would say is partner with a black restaurant, a black business during February, during if you really want to celebrate Black History Month because that's what you were doing, don't tell me you weren't. Right. Partner with a black restaurant in Nyack and say, "Hey, Will you help us design the meals and let's have actual context, historical context around the culture, around the food? Why, what, why chicken? Why waffles? Why collard greens? Why pig's feet? Like that's something I grew up on, and I didn't realize until I was, you know, almost an adult that it was just because black slaves, black people, only had the leftover parts to cook. All the good parts went to the baker, and we still made a slap. Okay. <laughs> she said that shit still hits. Okay, don't give me some hot sauce up in here. I got hot sauce in my bag, slat. I would take it a step further to say, rescind the contract. Obviously, Ooh. we are not qualified. You've been fucking up way too much. Okay. Right. Like, is there a small black business that would be better equipped to take on this opportunity and grow their business. And to mm. your point about the the DEI initiatives, after 2020, everybody was kumbaya, holding hands, Venmoing black people that they knew, oh, instead of actually saying, let me move out the way and give an opportunity mm. to a black person. Because that's the problem, is that so many of these white folks, white businesses, they want to lead conversations that they are obviously not qualified to lead. Right. We're going to do some trainings, and we're all going to learn. No, no, no go away like step aside and let somebody else take over you've screwed up too many times and and 
it, this is obviously not just a simple mistake. This is a repeated pattern. And right. I don't believe that this statement does enough to fix it at all. Again, money, actionable steps. And right. And action, including placing black people in authoritative positions, and that's not to say that black people can't fuck up. We got a couple to talk about today. Okay? We got a couple. We got a couple to talk about. That's not to say that they can't fuck up. But if you are clearly demonstrating that your racial bias is not giving you the space to feed children healthy meals and ones that are not drenched in racial stereotypes, give the opportunity to somebody else. Right. It also requires a, lo- a lot of humility and vulnerability too, right? To just admit that first, right? First right. step is like admitting that like, I don't know what I'm talking about and I need help. But it always happens in these, again, these damage control situations where we're people like, okay, now we're going to hire somebody to come in and do a workshop or a training <laughs> and hope, and that's going to make everything better. It's not. And also when you're a person of color in those trainings, we've been in those trainings, girl. <laughs> when you're a person of color in those trainings, you're, I mean, the side eye, you're literally, my neck is cocked and I'm literally like, I'm oh, re- okay, we're going to. If you know that step exercise where they're like, mm-hmm. take two steps to the front if you grew up without money. Take two, you know, that whole thing. It's, right. It doesn't do anything for me as a person of color. So I love your fix of like, no, just actually move out of the way. Promote and- that black woman that y'all didn't listen to when she told you oh, this wasn't it. Okay. <laughs> I, I know she was like telling you that this was a bad idea. Just give her a promotion, make her in charge of something. We have another bad apology to talk about. So Anheuser-Busch released a statement after this Dylan Mulvaney backlash. I don't know if you've been following this, Delon. A little bit. But in March 2023, uh, there was a trans influencer named Dylan Mulvaney who did a limited partnership with Bud Light um, for March Madness. And they put together these limited edition Bud Light cans with Dylan's face on them. They were not sold in stores. They were just for Dylan to promote on her Instagram and on her TikTok. But the backlash was very swift and very transphobic on social media, including Kid Rock taking a gun and shooting a pack of Bud Light and saying, fuck Bud Light, fuck Anheuser-Busch. People were pouring out their Anheuser-Busch products and they were saying they were never gonna drink these products again. God forbid a trans person gets a brand deal, okay? Like they were just losing their minds. So about a month later, Anheuser-Busch CEO, Brendan Whitworth released a statement seemingly in response to the backlash, although the statement does not mention Dylan Mulvaney, and it does not actually include any specific examples of what was causing backlash or division. Hmm. So I'm gonna just read a few of the choice quotes from this. Um, We are honored to be part of the fabric of this country. Anheuser-Busch employs more than 18,000 people and our independent distributors employ an additional 47,000 valued colleagues. We have thousands of partners, millions of fans, and a proud history supporting our communities, military, first responders, sports fans, and hardworking Americans everywhere. This is a statement for white conservatives, (laughs) like purely, okay? Yeah, for the Kid Rocks who are shooting up Bud Light. Absolutely. We never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We are in the business of bringing people together over a beer. It ends by saying, I care deeply about this country, this company, our brands, and our partners. I spend much of my time traveling across America, listening to and learning from our customers, distributors, and others. Moving forward, I will continue to work tirelessly to bring great beers to consumers across our nation. 
Ugh. Delon, what what does this statement say? I, I, nothing. Ameri- <laughs> like you said, America, 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 right? Freedom, patriotism. Beers. But it, but, it, but it also, like, I mean, it reeks of a somebody who went to public relations school, right? It just, it's damage control. But, like, I'm, as a, like a biased person, queer person it just like placates you know it just it doesn't do anything it actually i think divides more it doesn't do anything to uh to get the conversation going on either side and i think it kind of dare i say it like really i don't know gives a lot of fodder to the violence that was happening like you're talking about kid rock shooting a bud light yeah no you're totally right i mean there were so many violent transphobic displays against Dylan because of this brand partnership. And this statement, instead of denouncing that behavior, instead of taking a hard stance, right? Like personally, I don't think there was anything for them to apologize for. They did not do anything wrong. But instead, they give this wishy-washy statement that's like, we work with all sorts of people, and, and, and people are people, and across America, we want people to drink beers, and in the future, we want y'all to drink some beer. Like, it, they don't say anything. <laughs> they, they don't say anything. They don't even name Dylan which, you know, maybe that was a conscientious choice to, I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say maybe they're trying to not send more harassment her way sure but at the very least i would say say nothing and let people be mad or take a hard stance and say here at anheuser-busch we support people no matter their gender identity no matter their sexuality no matter their race no matter their ability and we want everyone to enjoy a beer no matter what walk of life that they come from you know what i mean like actually say it yeah and My, that is why we partner with people from all different, like actually name the thing, right? And, you know, like it's just, it's just such a nothing burger of a statement. Well, and it's also like, I think a missed opportunity to kind of identify who your brand is. Like they used freedom, America, like they really tried to be fed up. I think the statement could have said, we make beer, we sell beer to anyone who drinks beer. <laughs> Full yeah. stop. And I yeah. mean, listen, as a queer person, I don't know. I don't know. Anybody's drinking no Bud Light. But like, listen, just say the thing like you said and leave it at that. Also, Anheuser-Busch has over 20 different <laughs> brands of beer. Yeah. So even if these idiots are shooting up Bud Light, they still have Corona. They still have Stella Artois. They have a bunch of different brands. Right. So like, it's not going to kill Anheuser-Busch. Last no. thing I'll say about Anheuser-Busch, Anheuser-Busch was started as a German company, friends. It is a German company that became an American company, and now it is. But like, we're putting all of this identity around, it's America, it's beer, beer for Americans. Dylan Mulvaney's American, but it's a German company that we've imported here, right? So right. turn it all the way down. It's just come, like this come. fake, this fake patriotism for no reason. Right. Um, and you know, you're correct. I don't know many queer people or gay people that are cracking open beers, but I would argue that that's why they wanted to partner exactly. with Dylan Mulvaney, right? Totally. This is about money. This is rainbow capitalism. And these companies, again, this nothing burger of a statement, especially at a time when there is so much legislation directly targeting trans people and queer people, 
they're not giving money or amplifying you know the issues that queer people are facing no they're writing dylan mulvaney a check for a tiktok and an instagram post so these people are losing their mind over dylan getting a brand deal when the reality is trans people's lives are in danger because of the this very country that we live in it's just misdirected energy we're fine. Right. <laughs> we're going to keep moving. You know, we're a billion dollar company. We're not we're not studying you. Did you see the the billboards trolling them? I mean, Anheuser-Busch didn't put it up, but there was a big billboard that like took over. I forget where it was on some building that said it had the Bud Light like can and it said, LOL, crybabies. No, I didn't see oh, that. Oh, God. I, I don't know who did it or if it was just like a, you know, an edited kind of Photoshop meme, but it yeah. was brilliant. And I was like, that Anheuser-Busch didn't put it out, but like, thank you. Thank you for somebody um, calling them snowflakes. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. Now Dylan Mulvaney probably has, uh, you know, thousands of more followers. Thank you very much. I hope so. I hope she got oh, man, something mil- out of it. And millions. That she feels- She's what? huge. She's no, huge. I mean, I mean, gained more oh, out of, of this. this. I hope so. You know, because because all the hate that came her way. You know, that's it's like, like you said earlier, the violence is enough, but is more than enough. But um, like the, that psychological toll is such a part of it too. Being a public facing person and being that out. You know, as you as we both know. But yeah, and the message that it sends to other trans people: we will riot if you are given access to you know, our precious little beer. Like that's not just scary for Dylan. That's scary for anybody who's a trans person just existing in the world. So this was a a fumble for, for Anheuser-Busch for sure. I agree. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So let's talk about your girl, Megan Trainer. Why is she my girl? Because <laughs> she came out and said some ridiculous stuff on her podcast. No, she's not your girl, but we're going to. Oh, she's our girl today. We're going to no. we're going to bring her in our fold. So Megan Trainer apologizes amid backlash for saying fuck teachers on our podcast. Um, so side note, everyone has a podcast. Um, <laughs> welcome to ours. We we see you, Megan. <laughs> Us too. Um, so in her conversation with YouTuber Trisha Paytas about their decision to homeschool their kids, they talked about their fear of school shootings, which is a very valid... I mean, it, uh, the shootings are just going... It, it's, yeah, that's uh, a whole other topic. I can't but, imagine being a parent and sending my kid off to school every I day. Cannot, that's terrifying. I no. I mean, no, no, no. Having a kid now, I would be... Yeah, I'd be terrified. To quote what they said in the podcast, we're homeschooling our kids, Megan said. Fuck that. Everyone on TikTok TikTok is. They're like, 
this is what it's like to have a kid in a school in America. I have a bulletproof backpack. I'm like, fuck that. So Trisha went on to mention that she was bullied by kids and teachers at school, to which Megan chimed in with, fuck teachers, dude. <sighs> yeah, seriously. And, and I think that ha- there's context around Megan's husband also being bullied by his teachers and stuff like that. But just considering, Fran, considering how difficult it is to be a teacher in our current climate, COVID, school shootings, banning books, don't say gay. Her comments are beyond poor taste. It's yeah. just like you didn't. I, I'll give her this. You clearly didn't think before you said anything. No. But like, why would you blame the teacher? Why would you blame the teacher? Because you want to homeschool your kids. That has it's it's the situation around the school and our society, not a teacher. Yeah, they are not the reason that there are school shootings. Not to mention the fact people are saying we should be arming teachers. I mean, it's just I mean. it's just so short-sighted and you know she was saying this in response to trisha paytas saying that she's been bullied and look teachers are not perfect no one is perfect people are humans and i'm absolutely certain i have had experiences where i thought a teacher was out of line with how they spoke to me we've seen people post videos of themselves berating children i mean it's 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 not like it doesn't happen but to make a general statement of fuck teachers when Trisha Paytas, who you aren't familiar with her because she's a YouTuber, but she plays loose and fast with the truth. Okay, so Ooh. I I am not going to sit here and take her word as gospel. Mm. She loves to exaggerate. So she says she's been bullied, whatever. But that does not mean say fuck all teachers. So Megan said after the clip went viral, teachers of TikTok and teachers of the world, I recently said F teachers on a podcast and it's not how I feel. I was fired up because we're talking about how sending our kids to school here in America is so horrific. What all of us have to go through, but especially teachers is not normal and not okay. I have Trisha, I had Trisha Paytas on the podcast and I knew her history with teachers. I knew my husband's history with teachers and I was bullied some by teachers. So in that moment, I got angry and said F teachers, F those human beings back in the day i did not mean all teachers she continued i love teachers i fight for teachers i think they have the hardest job and they are the most underpaid they are the most underappreciated when they're literally raise all of us i don't want to make any excuses i just want to say i'm sorry i'm so sorry to other teachers who i made feel bad and i will remind myself that my words definitely could have could have consequences and I will be more careful. Fran, mm. what are your oh. other responses to that apology? <sighs> I love how she says, I don't want to make excuses after she just made a whole bunch of excuses. <laughs> I had Trisha on the podcast and she my got husband. bullied and my husband got bullied and I also got bullied. Like none of that. <laughs> None of that changes what you said. You did not say, fuck the teachers that bullied Trisha. You Mm -hmm. said, fuck teachers. You misspoke, okay? But that's not what her apology does not actually take responsibility. And she does a lot of this, you know, I was fired up and everything is so horrific. And, you know, what you guys go through is not okay. All of that is, is true. But that does not address what you said and what you did. And once again, I'm going to be a broken record here. Show us some money. Ready? Where's the actionable step? Where is the action? If she said, I 
misspoke and I realized that my words hurt a lot of teachers because right now y'all are being attacked on a daily basis for trying to do your job and keep our kids safe. And that is why I am adding support to such and such legislator who's fighting for teachers. And here's the thing, Megan Trainer is very wealthy and very successful. She could easily write a check for a few thousand dollars and be done with it. Yeah, this is like damage control, and I'm right there with you. I, the thing that I, with with regard to Megan's status and and her money, is like it just reeks of elitism, right? Like mm-hmm. Megan Trainer can afford to homeschool her kids. I'm sure she has a nanny or two or something like yeah. that to help her out with that, right? The apology wasn't the best, but I do appreciate how she talked about them being undervalued and using her platform to talk about how they're underpaid and underappreciated. But I think that what is missing for me is that teaching is a calling for a lot of us, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach some, but I don't teach our the, the youth of America. You know, I teach art. But some people, their whole lives is education. Their whole lives is teaching young people and raising young people. And so, like, you kind of not only shout on them, but shout on the profession, too. Yeah. And you don't acknowledge, like, that, girl, you have money to homeschool your kids. I yeah. grew up with, you know, three kids with a single mother. My mom wasn't homeschooling us. My mom was at work. She was at work. My fix for this would be, you know, invite someone from the teachers union on your podcast to talk about the real issues teachers are facing, to talk about that undervalued, underappreciated gun violence, and to talk about the difference between homeschooling your kids and public schooling your kids. Have a real conversation, actionable steps. Yeah, I really, really like that because I think this is symptomatic of a bigger problem um, that there are too many people who feel called to speak on issues of which they are not qualified at all. Right. Trisha Paytas is a YouTuber who has built a career off of saying inflammatory things and sitting on her kitchen floor and eating pizza and Mm. filming herself do it. Mm. Why? Why do why do I give two shits what she thinks about our nation's educational system or our current climate? And to the point about, well, I'm going to homeschool my kids. Great. That does not fix the issue of gun violence in schools. That means, well, my kid's going to be okay. Right. Y'all poor kids. Right. I mean, like it's just so selfish and you're correct. It's elitist. It doesn't solve the problem. It means as long as my kids are okay, I'm fine. And I don't have to worry about this. And speaking of kids, <laughs> speaking of children who just can't learn, um, what happened with Chris Brown this year? Oh, my gosh. So this is going to be another one that's just going to have my head spinning because it's just so ridiculous. Chris Brown stays in the news messing up. And recently he was shading Robert Glassbar uh, after he won a Grammy over Chris Brown. So Chris was nominated for Best R&B Album alongside jazz pianist, record producer, and songwriter Robert Glasper. And when he ended up winning over Chris, Chris took him took to IG and called him a nobody. He even said, who the fuck is Robert Glasper? Meanwhile, Robert Glasper has five Grammys, which is four more than Chris, okay? Mm. He's collaborated with St- Stevie Wonder, Jill Scott, her, Hyotis Coyote, Erica Badu. I mean, he's very, very talented. His music is great. And hey, Chris, maybe if you knew who Robert was, all of your music would not sound like something that I would hear in a soul cycle bathroom. <laughs> After being rightfully dragged across Twitter, Chris DM'd Robert this non apology and he posted it to his IG story. 
I'm sorry if you took offense to my reaction at the Grammys. You were not the intended target. You and I should never be in the same category. Hope you are able to feed your family for life. (laughs) 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 Delon. I think Delon is dying. Um, I just, you... I mean, the, 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 the last line, I just, I, I have to start there. I hope you can feed your family for life. That is the weirdest, <laughs> most specific wish you well. I hope your family doesn't starve. Like, what? What? So weird. It's so fucking weird. And so uh, it does nothing to help the apology. First of all, Chris. Shut up and sit down. For, you mm-hmm. weren't at the award show. You couldn't go to the mm-hmm. award show. So what's the like the IG version of live tweeting? You're like IG storying, if that's yeah. a verb. Yeah, I guess so. Your responses. So number one. Number two, this is what you were talking about when you talked about those non-apologies at the beginning of the episode. I'm sorry if you took offense to my reactions at the Grammys. First of all, Robert wasn't talking to you. He didn't take offense. Robert said, I'm, co- I'm collecting my Grammy over here. Deuces. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, Chris Brown is... <laughs> He's he's always a constant mess. My fix for this would be take back to that IG live and post some clips of Robert Glasper's music and be like, mm-hmm. oh, who's Robert Glasper? I here he is. I didn't know. That's the mea culpa that I need. Right. Mm-hmm. Let me stop being a sore loser and support black artists. Put that in the caption. That's what I want. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my fix, and this is one I've had for Chris and a number of celebrities, someone needs to change this man's Wi-Fi password. You don't need to be on social media (laughs) firing off your ideas in real time. And look, I've never had, you know, the honor of being nominated for a Grammy. I'm sure it's very disappointing when you lose and you are entitled to those feelings. But the average person, okay, especially at a time when so many people are struggling financially and we're still in the middle Mm. of a pandemic, you are going to really have a hard time getting regular, regular people to give a fuck about you not getting a Grammy. Like, sir, people are dying. Like, what? Like, okay, that sucks for you. Like, tell your group chat about it. Like, right. this is not something you should be posting publicly on the internet. My fix, I agree with you, amplify some of Robert's music. He has so many incredible records. Obviously, that's why he won a Grammy. The other thing I would say to your point about posting this on social media is there is nothing wrong with connecting with somebody offline to apologize. Yes, we don't need Fran. to all know about it. You can have your people contact his people. And I know you're going to drag me and laugh at me, Delon. But one thing I love is a Harry and David basket. Oh, she loves send, a basket. She loves send a, a basket. basket. <laughs> send a basket with some snacks and treats and a bottle of wine. A sweet and a meat. Send a, send a edible arrangement. You know what I mean? Like, just... All of these celebrities, it blows my mind that they don't have somebody on their team who just gives a cursory glance at these messages before they post them. Because somebody on your team would have said, why don't we put out a statement that says, you know, on the night of the Grammys, I was very upset that I didn't win. And I 
directed that anger at Robert Glasper, and that was the wrong thing to do. I've spoken with him offline, and I have apologized. Uh, His music is fantastic, and I look forward to us potentially collaborating someday, or Mm. me being at the audience at this upcoming performance that I know you're going to kill. You know what I mean? Just like something complimentary, short and sweet. You know, now to make it about, this is what also bothered me. You were not the intended target. He, he literally said, who the fuck is Robert Cusper? Like, I mean, let's just imagine that for a second. Who would be the integ- intended target? Like, sure, the Grammy people who nominated, I guess, but He says no. we should never be in the same category, Sir. even if that was the truth. Even if you're, you're, you were taking aim at the Grammys, you're still shading Robert. Right. You are saying that his music doesn't qualify as R&B, and sir, it absolutely does. He makes neo-soul rhythm and blues music. That's what he does. But also, the I, I mean, this goes to award shows, right? Award shows are like inherently flawed for me because why are we offering superlatives for the best? It's always a competition. Right. Art is art, art is fucking subjective, right? Right, and at the same time, especially when it comes to black art and black artists, us asking for white establishments to give us our, you know, our flowers is a losing mm. game. Because mm. if 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 the votership of, you know, said organization is white, then are you really surprised that they're not up on every black art form and or that they don't actually enjoy certain black artistry or even understand it? Like right. that's why we have to create our own award shows. And know that there are lots of talented successful people that don't have grammys that don't have oscars right like and that it doesn't other mean black you're not people good. don't know about right like there are artists that, that you don't know about that other people do know about and it's you know they're trying to give their their shine because not only is robert glasper like he's a producer he like is a great pianist he has all mm-hmm. of these skills so he has five grammys because he does so many more things than you do chris brown <laughs> you are a sinker and i don't think you even write your songs right um right planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So let's talk about some of the apologies we think really hit the mark. Because we've talked a lot about those who have that have missed right and there's Mm -hmm. plenty more that we could talk about but one of the ones i really want to bring up is the slap that was felt and heard around the world last year when will smith slapped chris rock at the oscars so four months after the slap will posted a six minute video to youtube um and he shares that he's reached out to chris um but chris didn't want to speak and he just wants to Chris to know that he's making himself available to have a conversation, which I think he's recognizing that's the action piece, right? He's recognizing the Mm -hmm. action needs to happen. Um, So here's what he says to Chris. My behavior was unacceptable and I'm here whenever you want to talk. Replaying and understanding the nuances and complexities of what happened in that moment. And while I won't unpack all of that now, 
there is no part of me that thinks that the right that was the right way to behave he also acknowledges chris's mom which i thought was interesting he says one of the things about that moment i just didn't realize i wasn't thinking but how many people got hurt in that moment um he recognizes his own family and jada it really breaks my heart to have stolen and have tarnished that your moment this is the interesting thing for me is his kind of vulnerability about what he's dealing with emotionally the work I'm not trying to do is I am deeply remorseful and I'm trying to be remorseful without being ashamed of myself. I'm human and I made a mistake and I'm trying not to think of myself as a piece of shit. So I would say to those people, I know it was confusing. I know it was shocking, but I promise you, I am deeply devoted and committing to putting light and love and joy in the world. This is so hard to do. This is yeah. one of those apologies because it's so public yeah. and it's uh, so vulnerable, but I respect the hell out of him for it. There was no fix for this. There was no yeah. coming out of this and making it okay. He did something very public and embarrassed himself, his family, the community, multiple communities he's a part of. Um, this is the only thing he could do was give it space and then say, yep, I did it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think giving it space was so smart because I think people often rush to what you were saying before it's like damage control. Like, let me just say an apology. Let's move move on. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm done. And instead, Will took a step back. And it's very clear that he worked with somebody on this apology. And I think that it really shows. Mm -hmm. It shows that he took care and time. I also really appreciate that he said, I contacted Chris, you know, mm -hmm. privately or I attempted to. Offline, like and you he, said. Yeah. Offline. And I think he does a good job of acknowledging that it is up to Chris to decide to accept the apology. Ooh, friend, yes. And come to the table when he's ready. And I think that that is so important because you often see this not just with celebrities but in interpersonal conflicts where someone says mm. well, well i said i'm sorry just take uh, uh, you're not gonna just uh, take my apology what more do you want from me and it's like mm, you need to give me time right? right like just saying sorry does not magically remove the harm you caused and it doesn't mean that i have to accept your apology and forgive you right like if you're really sorry you say that and you do the work to make amends not because you deserve to be forgiven but because right. you know it's the right thing to do right <laughs> like but i just to pull the th i just want to pull a thread of what you said about giving the apology and understanding that the person does not have to accept it that mm -hmm. is so mature it's so big but it's so mature and that's a part of like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry just forgive me just forgive me they don't have to mm -hmm. they're only your responsibility is just to give it and didn't give the apology and make those those action steps like you said like you said earlier and then you have to leave it they it has to be done after that but it takes a lot of like self-resolve to understand that it also takes a lot of uh, resolve to be like you know what i'm gonna give it four months i'm gonna let the air settle and then i'm gonna come back and have something publicly because he did have to say something publicly right but you know, uh, the black community, black people were like, no, daddy, no, daddy will. No, we were all like, no, what are you? White people are watching you. What are you doing? There's also oh, that added pressure of being such a high, uh, high level black celebrity, right? We all 
put him up on a pedestal and to the, like germane to this conversation, I think you're allowed to mess up. You're allowed yeah. to make a mistake. But when you are black and you have that much of a profile, it it just sticks longer. It's just harder for us. I mean, yeah, I hate to say it, what? but it's just harder for us. It's it's the truth. And I would also say that it that it proves that respectability politics are bullshit Ready. because so often black people will go out of their way to speak a certain way and dress a certain way and have their hair a certain way and and not you know be too angry and and make sure to you know be polite and do all of these things and you will still be seen as a black person and therefore less than in a white supremacist world and will smith is a perfect example of a celebrity who didn't curse in his rap music, did not speak on politics, did not speak about racism. He wasn't out here shouting Black Lives Matter. He wasn't, you know, stumping for um, political candidates. He really kept himself as a quote unquote safe black person. And the minute he did something that white people felt was out of line, they were, you know, just ready to to like have their pitchforks out. You know, this idea of like, you can't make one mistake, you can be perfect, you can be perfect, and it's never enough, it's never enough, and um, I think that this was a perfect example of it, I don't believe he did the right thing, I don't believe, you know, slapping someone is the way to resolve conflict, that said, in the big scheme of things, what he did was wrong, but I do not believe it's something he should lose his entire career for. And I think he did the right thing by making this apology. All right. So we've got one more positive apology to talk about. Um, the Razzies apologized for nominating a child actor for worst actress. So the Razzies are an award show for the worst performances in a season. And they got into some hot water after nominating 12 year old Ryan Kiera Armstrong for worst actress for her performance in Firestarter. The film also got a nomination for worst remake ripoff sequel. So the apology says, Sometimes you do things without thinking, then you're called out for it, then you get it. That's why the Razzies were created in the first place. The recent valid criticism of the choice of 11-year-old Armstrong as a nominee for one of our awards brought our attention to how insensitive we've been in this instance. As a result, we have removed Armstrong's name from the final ballot that our members will cast next month. We also believe a public apology is owed to Ms. Armstrong and wish to say we regret any hurt she experienced as a result of our choices. Having learned from this lesson, we would also like to announce that from this point forward, we are adopting a voting guideline precluding any performer or filmmaker under 18 of age from being considered for our awards. We have never intended to bury anyone's career. It is why our Redeemer Award was created. We all make mistakes, very much us included. Since our motto is own your bad, we realize that ourselves and we have to live up to it. Oh my God. I... Like, I just honestly, I, like, I couldn't have done it better myself. It's so good. Yeah. No, they, they filled in all of the blanks with the equation, right? We acknowledge the, the harm and here's our action step. Very clear, deliberate action step. And they also, like, use the context of why their organization was created to also create context around it. Because I, mm -hmm. you know, I think the entire premise of the awards is flawed. It's, it's suspect to me. The Razzies is about taking bad films and giving superlative awards that are reductive to films and actors and all of these people that created it. So I think it's a little mean-spirited at heart anyway, 
so I am not giving them too many cookies. I'm like, why does it exist at all? But I do really appreciate the idea that they were like, no, you know, we, we're owning our bad to use their quote. We did something wrong and here's how we're going to fix it. I think it's really smart. And maybe I'll watch next time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I will say, even though the premise is mean spirited, a lot of people who are nominated for Razzies go to the awards and like they join they? in the, on the fun and they, they accept their awards and they poke fun at it. And I mean, I think it feels like that's like the spirit of the awards. It's, it is, you know, kind of snarky. But to their point, it's not about saying someone's career is terrible and they're never going to make it. And, you know, they should be banished from Hollywood as a result. And so it does really speak volumes about the character of the organization that they said, we own it. We did the wrong thing. They're mm. not making excuses for it. And they're saying, here's how we're going to fix it going forward. And I just, I shouldn't be so amazed by this, but because it's so rare, it's just so refreshing. Like, mm -hmm. and because the landscape is so polluted, the landscape <laughs> is so polluted. And something that you mentioned that I thought was really smart is they branded themselves really well here. They explained like what we mm -hmm. were created for and what we do. And like they turned a negative situation into a positive, like we're learning from our mistake, we're fixing it. But also to your point, there are probably some people who are like, you know what? I'm going to check out the Razzies now. I'm actually going to see like what this is about because of how they handled this. It's so smart. And again, like I, I'm, I would watch it and like my arms would be crossed through it. I would be, I would be judging it a little bit because I'm like waiting for the mean to come. But I do appreciate again, the way they branded themselves because I'm, I mean, just to, as, as a sidebar critique is, this is a Brene Brown quote, but it's like, if you're not in the arena, I really don't want to hear from you. So like I'm a performer, you know, and, and like people write reviews of the stuff that you and I do all mm -hmm. the time when you're a public facing person. And the, I, I don't really want to hear your opinion if you're not doing it, if you're not creating the art, I don't want to, you know, I don't care what you have to say about it. So I think this uh, this is a substantive conversation that they're trying to have around the brand, mm -hmm. which I really respect. Because I think if you are going to critique something, let's actually have a conversation that isn't reductive. Let's have a conversation about how to make it better. And I guess this is an attempt at saying, oh, this is what we actually are doing. We're pointing the thing out that we think is bad, but we're saying, here's why we think it's bad. Or we're making fun of the thing that's bad and hopefully we're elevating the art therein. So that's what I'm kind of reading between the yeah. lines there. But I think that's what I'm kind of getting from some of it. Yeah, I love that. I, I don't disagree. And I think we can all learn something from that apology um, and hope that other brands and celebrities get it right in the future. So let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, the glow up. We've spent all of this episode talking about people getting it wrong. Let's talk about some people, some brands, some movies Things that are getting it right and have had a well-deserved glow up. Delon, do you want to go first? Yes, I, I will go first. Uh, the, the, you know, there's a lot of talk, I think, post-2020, post-20, uh, post the insurrection, right? All of that stuff about like the fall of democracy and how, and all of that. And I think we do need to be concerned therein, but I do think we're seeing in a lot, and I watch a lot of pol political news. So this is where this is coming from. I think we do see a lot of people more engaged in politics. I'm way more engaged in politics after the Trump years. Um, and so I just,
just want to point out the Tennessee Three, who were people who stood with uh, after you know that shooting in Nashville happened at that school. There were three law state lawmakers who um, sat out with the protesters who were protesting at the the state house in Tennessee, and they were two of them were black young black men, and one was a white woman. The two black men were expelled from the Tennessee State House, and you know the white woman barely made it, but she made it. The two black men were then put back in the state house by their local governments, and um, and they're taking a stand. I, I love that democracy works in that way. I love that people are out there on the front lines in ways that we're not. You know, I know I think both you and I are are good for like sending some money somewhere, mm-hmm. but I really do respect these people. Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, and Gloria Johnson are the three lawmakers who um, got a lot of heat and two of them were expelled from this Tennessee State House and um, there and then now they're they were just um, uh, at the White House or at the Capitol protesting um, uh, against President Biden saying your climate change is not moving fast enough your climate change um, laws aren't moving fast enough so I just want to give them their shine yeah absolutely having that backlash gave them a glow up it put them in the spotlight and is getting them their well-deserved flowers so what are yours what is now your my glow up, up is going to sound really silly compared to yours um my <laughs> well, you know, girl, girl I, that's our dynamic uh, is... i'm like serious joe and like you're gonna make everybody laugh <laughs> no i mean this isn't super funny but my glow up goes to newsletters i am somebody that has always hated being added to a newsletter i shopped mm. at your store one time and now i can't stop <laughs> getting your damn emails but newsletters are really having a moment because so many people have now left twitter in droves because of elon musk his idiocy and all these nonsensical and unsafe changes that he's made to the platform newsrooms are being slashed left and right we recently yes. lost vice news buzzfeed news there are massive media layoffs lots of people are losing their jobs across the country and they are turning to newsletters to stay connected with their fans and make money so a lot of writers are starting these Substack newsletters or using MailChimp and they're offering tiered subscriptions to their fans so you can get news from them in your inbox. Um, And I think that that's really cool, especially because with what's happening with Twitter and what's happening across all social media, people are seeing that they don't have ownership of these platforms. You are sinking all of your time and energy into Twitter and Instagram and I am guilty of it too. And then if that shit goes away, you're fucked. You're like, how do I connect with my audience? And what happened to a number of writers at BuzzFeed is they slashed BuzzFeed News and then writers couldn't even get into their email. It was like they lost no. they lost connection with everybody that they had, you know, used as sources. And sometimes people are losing their articles. That happens to a lot of people. You're gone. People are getting shut out of their emails. And so wow. this is a hard lesson to learn. But if you have created a brand or an audience on a platform, taking ownership of that audience with a newsletter with a website right is a great way for you to regain control in the event something happens but also advocate for yourself because you cannot trust twitter you cannot trust instagram you cannot trust facebook they do not have your best interest at heart and if they go away tomorrow you could be screwed so um, yeah that's um i followed this guy seth godin do you seth mm-hmm, godin yeah 
the marketing guy, he said this for years. I listened to his podcast, um, promoting a podcast on a podcast, but he's always said this for years. He's like, has this, this theory of like a thousand true fans. Mm-hmm. He said like social media can and will, you know, take your account down. They will cancel your account. Twitter will go away. Elon Musk Look what will happened buy to Vine. Like, if Vine you, is gone. Oh, gone, <laughs> gone. But if you have those email addresses, if you have, like you said, Fran, a Substack or a newsletter that is specific to you, you have ownership and direct connection um, with those people. So I just want to give Seth Godin his cookies because he's been talking about that for years. Yeah, he is absolutely correct. So that is our show. We would like to hear from you. What are some of your best and worst public apologies that you've witnessed? Um, Or maybe you want to suggest a show or a celebrity or brand that we should fix. Hit us up on our Instagram at FixItPod. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to give us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app because we would love the love. I'm Francesca. I'm Delon. And this was Let Me Fix It.